All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan, what's going on, dude? Uh, just enjoying this uh, gorgeous weather that's outside. Uh, today was the first time, um, you know, I was perspirating profusely in the undercarriage. So, uh, yeah. it's just, you know, ready, ready for some shorts, man. Yeah, this, uh, me and you both work outside. And it's this, this is our favorite time of year. When it starts to... You have like that cool morning and it slowly warms up through the day to the point where you get off. It's windows down. You're feeling great. It just puts you a, pep, a little pep in your step, gets you in a good mood. Absolutely. And, uh, like it just lets you know summer's almost here. I mean, it's a it's a cold beverage, grilling time kind of weather. We, we love this. Um, let's talk uh, here for another Michigan pod. This is the uh, just a Michigan update pod. We're going to, if you're listening to this. Uh, right after this pod, we're going to do our inaugural first episode, the 21 best games from the Jim Harbaugh area, era, not area, era. We're going to rank them from 21 down to one. We're going to throw some honorable mentions in there every single episode, games that just didn't make the cut, but they're worth noting for whatever reason, but they're not going to be ranked in any kind of order. But I think you'll be extremely excited to hear kind of our views, what we remember about these games, why we rank them, where we rank them, if we even ranked them. Fun fact, there were multiple games that you and I just didn't necessarily see eye to eye on. So yeah, it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting, especially in that first episode. That's going to be a key to listen to what games and why they were important to Dan, what games and why they were important to me, kind of what we were looking for in said game. And no game includes a loss. So that's a fun little fact for you. But we'll be uh, we'll be doing that right after this. But. Let's get to what we're here for today. Let's kick off with Michigan hockey. How's that? Absolutely. So Frozen Four appearance, successful season, I think, altogether. But you'd know better than me. You kind of followed the team pretty diehard all year. Uh, seems like there's a lot of talent on this team. Losing, not even making it to the national championship. I know they won the Big Ten again, but is it a, is it a bust of a season or Give me your quick overcap of where you view the season now that they lost in the Frozen Four. It was a successful season just because of all the off-season um, drama that happened. Real quick, you know, Mel Pearson, Michigan's former head coach, uh, had to step down because of um, issues with quality control and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, players were – it was a toxic environment. Blah, blah, blah. A couple of guys transferred anyways. So Brandon Arado takes over and he used played for Michigan, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago and was with the Red Wings as an assistant. Now he's coaching Michigan this year. He had two months to prepare. He has the youngest team in the NCAA. And um, I think a frozen four appearance and a, a Big Ten conference tournament championship for the second time. They won it last year against Minnesota as well. I think it's a pretty successful season. The thing I can compare to if people watch Michigan hockey Michigan hockey is the equivalent to like Duke, Kentucky, or like Kansas basketball, like the Blue Bloods. Like it's a school for one and dones. And with hockey, it's hard to sustain or or make deep runs at times because of the youth. They had this issue two years ago. They had an issue this last year, where when you face teams that have guys who've been playing together for a long time, like Notre Dame, um, they Michigan usually you know, um, tries to get eke out one win against them each season because they're in their mid-20s. Michigan's playing with, you know, young teenagers. Um, so with with Michigan hockey losing, it was kind of a bummer. Um, 
you know, with football, basketball, and hockey being so close to the national championship here these last 10 years, uh, it, it was a heartbreaker because it's just like at one of these times, we one of these three sports has to come through and finally win it, and um, they just didn't play up to snuff. But, you know, congrats to Quinnipiac and uh, their national champs. So you were talking about the youth. Um, one of those youth players came in for one season. In his freshman year, he won the Hobby Baker. That's the equivalent of the Heisman when and it comes to hockey. Talk a little bit about Adam. So yeah, Adam Fantilli, you know, freshman sensation really, and wins the Hobie Baker, which is essentially the Heisman trophy for, for hockey, and you know, scored I think 30, 31 goals this season, which is pretty incredible. And you know, Michigan fans are, are really hoping he comes back for his sophomore year. Hopefully he's not a one and done like I just mentioned, because um, that's how Michigan's kind of rolling. But either way, if he moves on, Michigan's always always going to have plug and play guys or the reload, if you will. Um, but yeah, fantastic season. I'm, I'm sure he'd rather have the national championship, but not a bad consolation prize to be named the best player uh, in the country. I know Minnesota Gopher fans are a little salty because they had two guys on their own team in the final three there in the finalist uh, category, but. Um, Adam is definitely worthy of it. I did see, and again, I didn't follow the team like you did for most of the year. I mean, you, you watch quite a bit of games. There's this stigma that I've heard that Adam, Adam Fentilli is kind of a dirtbag. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a villain if you're not a Michigan fan. Um, I did not see these in the games that I, I probably watched 10 games this year. Right. I did not see this. I mean, he 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 gets a little chippy from time to time, so he'll spend some time in the penalty box. Uh, I know for a fact that Michigan State fans really don't like him because when they played Duel in the D, uh, it might have been Duel in the D or might have been when they were at East Lansing. I can't remember. But Ann Fantilli uh, went up behind a Michigan State player when he wasn't looking, pushed him on the ground after the play was over, and then like skated away and started laughing. And so that created like kind of a scrum there. And I think Fantilli got kicked from the game that time that night. But so, I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's like Hunter Dickinson because I think Hunter Dickinson's kind of can be kind of a douche at times. And Fantilli's not a douche. He's just, he's just a, a villain that you, you either love him or you hate him. And it depends on who you root for. So it's probably really early, but what, are the, what do you think is the, the outlook for the next year's team? Well, they they got a they got a great class coming in. Brandon Rod, who's a coach now, as an assistant, he was already the best recruiter. They have the number three goaltender coming in. Um, they they have a lot of they have a lot of young guys. Like I said, they're the youngest team this year. So even if Fantilli does leave, it'll be in good hands. It just it's a lot of lot of unknown questions right now at the moment. And Fantilli is you know, projected to go number two in the NHL draft, and that doesn't mean he'll have to go to the NHL. He can still play at Michigan for a few more years. So we'll see what happens. I hope he comes back and. You know, his brother's on the team, too, Luca. So uh, maybe that persuades him to, to play uh, uh, a run-it-back type deal. Let's move to basketball. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about basketball in a couple of weeks, ever since the season kind of came to an end in the, in the uh, NIT tournament loss. But since we've last talked, big news out of Ann Arbor. Uh, so we already, I think, right the last pod we did, two days later, Jet Howard was the first to announce he's going pro. Good for Jet. It didn't work out at Michigan. It was a one-year gig. I'm not going to kill him 
Uh, I think there's a lot of people that have a sour taste for whatever reason. In my opinion, totally different than Caleb Houston. I I felt Jet gave more to the program than Caleb did. Um, for me, talent feel felt like an A. Mm-hmm. Production felt B minus a lot, and sometimes it was a C. Um, let's start with that. Let's uh, opinions on Jet. Yeah, uh, bummer. He's leaving. again. You know, a guy who can is you know, light it up in a heartbeat. And then there's times where he kind of has a disappearing act, but he was definitely a lot better than Caleb Houston was. And, you know, it, um, it, it just, with, with this team already not having a lot of depth, it, it hurts twice as much. So, you know, kudos to him. I mean, it seems like nowadays, at least Michigan, if any of these players even has a hint of the second round, um, they're gone, you know, Moose, Caleb Houston, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, good for Jet. And, um, you know, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss his, you know, how streak he can get from behind the arc. Do you think Michigan fans will remember him fondly or no? Uh, well, I'll say for me personally, it's gonna be his memory for me, or my memory on him will be just like it was as fast as he was here, he was gone, you know. And I think part of that too was on the back stretch, he was playing banged up and missing games. And so he didn't really leave a stamp on some of the some of the notable notable games, you know. Rather, so yeah, I don't know. I just it's gonna be. I want to say this like in a mean way, but just kind of like another player. Yeah. So an, uh, another player that's heading to the draft. Uh, I almost feel like it's complete opposite when it comes to how we view him, Kobe Bufkin. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. Kobe. Uh, Last season, hit arguably the game-winning shot against Ohio State to kind of send us to the tournament. And that year, we went to the Sweet 16. Kobe didn't have a ton of minutes, but in the off-season coming into this season, people talked about him as easily the most improved player. He lived up to that hype. I thought he played really well, especially in the last like 12 to 15 games. I thought he came on really big, especially yeah. in Jet Howard's absence. He's going to the NBA. I think ultimately, Michigan fans will look back. Mostly pretty uh, fondly of of Kobe. Opinions on him? Yeah, th- this one is definitely the one that hurts a little bit more, in my opinion. And he definitely took a leap. Definitely took a leap in this final chapter of the season this past, you know, this past year. And you know, I we, we talked about it, you know, teased a little bit when we we're chatting about him. Uh, you know, the way he was playing, man, we're like, this dude's gonna go pro this year. I mean, he's lighting it up, twenty a game, pretty much. You know, it's just, I thought a third year, I think he would probably be a, a, a had a potential to maybe be a lottery pick, but um, it is what it is, man. Um, Hunter Dickinson, he announces he is uh, not going to the NBA, but he's not coming back either. Uh, for me, this was a curveball. Agree? Didn't see this coming at all. Yeah, so before before we talk about the impact it has on the program, I want to talk about Hunter specifically. Um, Hunter hit Dickinson, came in very highly recruited. His freshman year, he started as the backup, earned the starting job, 
And I believe that's the season they went to the Elite Eight. Does that sound right? Yeah. Uh, it, it yeah. Essentially could be. The, the basketball seasons for me kind of blend together, so it's hard for me to differentiate. That was the Elite Eight season now that it's coming back to me. And Isaiah Livers got hurt. Okay. That probably – that should have been a national championship team. I'll, I'll live and die on that. Uh, the next season was last season in which – they were pretty bad most of the year, but they made the Sweet 16 run. So Hunter's only been in the Elite Eight in the Sweet 16. Kind of has that big dick energy, talks about himself like he's better than a lot of people. He's a very arrogant player. You know, Big Ten teams literally hate the man. Um, this season, we were shocked to see him come back. This felt like it shouldn't have been. Mm. And his stats really plateaued. They've pretty much been the same for for two years in a row and almost three years, really. Um, the team's really bad and just unfortunately underachieved, and he transfers. What do you think about Hunter Dickinson not going to the draft, leaving Michigan? I don't want to talk about Coach Howard quite yet, so if that's part of your spiel, don't. Opinions on Hunter? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 I've said it before, great. Greg Lupitz and, you know, a, a spot that you don't have to rely on and someone who can play significant minutes in any game and whatever. <clears throat> and, you know, before these three transfers come in, you know, is Terrace Reed going to be the guy that is going to really step in behind them and, and, and uh, be a successor here? I, I don't know. I, I've said before that, you know, Hunter Dickinson is – solid all around besides the on his defensive game but what we really need him for is you know 15 and 9 every night and that's what he can give you it's just it's gonna it's gonna hurt if he doesn't come back and hopefully with the, the, the transfer portal you know ranking michigan at number two right now hopefully that persuades him to come back yeah that's the thing he could potentially come back to ann arbor do yeah. you, with that being said do you think it's an nil thing do you think it's a beef between him and coach howard do you think it's a Michigan thing? Like, what ultimately? What do you think the reason is? Do you think uh, for me, I, I I hate to beat this dead horse, but I haven't been a huge Coach Howard guy. I feel like the the, the program has started to slowly dip into the valley of being bad, and it doesn't help that Hunter's leaving. There are some solid recruits. You you talked about the transfers that are coming in. We'll talk about Caleb Love here in a second, I'm sure. But it's like. I don't know. I just I like to I almost want to point the finger at Juwan, but then again, Hunter could still come back. What are your opinions about Juwan and what what he could? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, what that could be, you know. Again, he again he's not going to the NBA draft. He's he's tra he's trying to transfer. Correct. Um. So I I don't think it's an NIL thing. And well, you know, maybe you said something. I almost want to clarify it. He entered the transfer portal, but he can technically come back to Michigan. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I mean, maybe he's 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 seeing what's out there, testing the waters. Maybe because a lot of the guys he came up with are all essentially going to be gone now, and he's going to yeah. be quote unquote one of the originals. So maybe maybe he's looking to go elsewhere. But um, yeah, I don't know. I. I've, I've seen somewhere with that people are trying to tease the idea that him and Juwan Howard have had a kind of a falling out, but I don't buy that. Um, I just don't see it on the court when we're watching the games, how they interact with each other. So, you know, maybe he's just uh, 
feeling like you know, I would say I would say outcast, but maybe he just feels alone not having the guys that came up with him. Yeah, I, I feel like it. Part of it is just the fact that he believes that the team is not going to be very good next year. Yeah, because with the way college basketball is, is it's just you're never going to have the guys you came up with. You know, it's just that's just the facts of life. But dude was all Big Ten his freshman year. He's been all Big Ten three times in a row. I mean, he's a consensus All American. Dude's an absolute beast. Um, I mean, he's, I, he's all he's gotten for three years, and he's gotten he's gotten essentially. Yeah, an elite eight, and and you know, so I you know who knows. Yeah, his we talked about this, I believe, earlier on a pod this season. Maybe it was off air. I don't quite remember. It is staggering if you look at his stats from last year and this year; they're identical. He did not get quote unquote better, um, mm-hmm. and I just don't know where that necessarily falls on him. He is the number one transfer portal player. Anybody that would look at the transfer portal probably wants Hunter Dickinson on their team. I mean, he's a seven foot one, two hundred fifty five pound player that can shoot from beyond the arc. And I actually, that is one. I'll give him his props here. He got almost an entire point better from three. Uh, mm-hmm. Went from three twenty eight to four twenty one. Forty percent from beyond the arc. I'm, I'm honestly forty two percent. I'm shocked that didn't send him to the NBA. Mm-hmm. For me personally, like if you're an NBA scout, you're like, okay, this dude is shooting 40% from the out of the arc and he's seven foot. That feels like a good stretch, stretch five to me. But all right, real quick, let me ask you this. Do you remember? I it's hard for me to 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 I remember the name and I remember he was good. Frank Kaminsky that played for Wisconsin. What was was he known for his defense? Did you call what'd you call what'd you say his name was? Kaminsky, he was for he was the Wisconsin Badger, and he went to like yeah, Charlotte. Frank Kaminsky, he went to the Final Four, ended up going to the national championship game. Okay, so so what was, was his? Excuse me, was his defense a part of his? Was that his forte at all? I don't believe so. He so he was a, in college. He's great because he's a stretch big man. Um, I'm looking My, here. So his senior year. He's seen okay. His junior year, he was 20 points per game, uh-huh. and then his senior year, he was 22 points per game, but wasn't a dominant rebounder. Average 90 college was whatever a block a game, almost two blocks a game. We'll call it two blocks a game. I mean, he was he was a good player. Good so player, good post presence. So outside, so outside of of outscoring Hunter Dickinson by like four points or maybe three and a half points, I'm like. Why, why Why? doesn't Hunter Dickinson get the same love Frank Kaminsky did? You know, Frank Kaminsky was drafted, I think, in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So, I, I don't think, know. I think ultimately probably what that would lie on is the fact that he went to the national championship game. You know how those players kind of get overdrafted? What yeah. was his name? Totally different position, guard, Shabazz Napier. Okay. Dude, that guy was on the cover of every magazine. What has he ever done? Literally right. nothing. LeBron James said he wanted him drafted to the Heat. The Heat literally drafted him to get LeBron to stay, and LeBron took off. Like, it, he was he literally didn't do anything. And I, I'm not dissing a player or whatever, but it's just like kind of one of those things where once you go to the natty, people just kind of, like, start looking at you. Mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit of, of Frank. Not that I think he's a bad player. He was literally – Two-time All Big Ten, Wooden Award, Naismith Award, Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, he was an absolute beast. Big Ten MVP. Um, but 
him and Hunter, I think, are probably in the same category. They're seven foot centers, you know. Mm. Caleb Love comes over, sticking to basketball for another couple of minutes. He's the uh, he's the leading scorer of the Tar Heels this year. This feels big to me. Opinions there. I think it's great, and I don't think Doug McDaniel has anything to worry about. I know he, they played the same. I know they both played the point. Jalen Llewellyn could come back. He's at the moment trying to get that uh, medical uh, scholarship or the redshirt thing going on. So you have three startable guards, and with Caleb Love, I mean, in college basketball, he could be easily a two. That uh, that looks great, you know. And so now having that position kind of being more of uh, with a little backload of depth. Again, you, all you need is a big guy who can score down low. Hopefully that happens. I, I personally think he is a two. Yeah. He, averaged, he averaged almost 17 a game, only dished out 2.8 assists. Mm-hmm. Dougie was better than that. Yeah. Um, the thing that's slightly scary, he did regress from the three-point line this year. He's chucking up seven threes a game. Mm-hmm. Only made two. Yeah. So in North, North Carolina, and to be fair, North Carolina, what wasn't North Carolina of old? So maybe I didn't watch a ton of North Carolina games. So maybe that is now say desperation, but something trying to get a spark going because you can't score. Because apparently this dude was score, so you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, he actually he was arguably better his junior year or his sophomore year. Sorry, this was his junior, year, so he's going to be a senior this coming season. So. He was arguably better last season. But, again, could, like you said, it could just be the fact that they were just not very good. Yeah. So, but he does have he does have some big game experience. So, this is this is big time. I mean, ACC all-freshman. He was NCAA all-tourney. So, good, definitely a good player. Moving to football? Well, hold on. Well, real quick, too. Um, we don't have to go too much in depth. We don't have to. Uh, but Namari Burnett from Alabama is also coming in. Yeah, that. And, yeah, and I, I feel. I feel that's one of those kind of like Joey Baker. I need to see it. Joey Baker didn't really end up being much. True. The thing about Burnett is, I think he averaged like two points, so at least he's more of a role player depth. But then you also have Trey Jackson from Seton Hall, which he's had significant playing time, but he's got experience. Either way, these are three guys that. Are essentially going to, I would say, balance out what we're losing, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the exciting thing about all these players that are have been coming over, veterans, they've been around, they've been around for some time. So, um, Caleb, Caleb Love is going to be a, a, a senior. You know, mm-hmm. Noellen, if he's coming back after this this medical redshirt or whatever. I mean, he's going to be, damn, what, six-year player? I mean, you, you do have some veteran leadership on this team, and that feels like something Hunter would want to be a part of because we I think we talk, it was either you or I and, or me and Brad. The tournament this year was made up of veteran transfers, veteran players. There were almost no freshmen on the starting lineups in the Elite Eight. It was all depth and senior leadership essentially mm-hmm. so those are the kind of things that if if juan can get i feel like over the course of the year that would pay off this team was people forget this michigan team this year was very young very young mm-hmm. very, very experienced 
their best player was a center, and that's sometimes tough. And the point guard can't get him the ball. He struggles with turnovers, things like that. So what's another player you want to bring up? Oh, one before we go to move to football is again we we reiterate re excuse me we reiterate the importance of Hunter Dickinson is yeah Terrace Reed will be on the roster but Papa Conte which is the incoming center from uh, the recruiting class uh, there's a lot of rumors going on that he won't have the grades to make Michigan so he doesn't show up because of the grades he doesn't come in and suits up that obviously has a void that you need to fill so. Again, that's something you got to keep an eye on if you're a Michigan basketball fan. And who's and, that? Uh, Papa Conte. He's he, so okay. him and George Washington are the only two players in this class. And so uh, Conte is a, a, a big, lengthy center. And obviously, you lose center, you need to replenish that center. Yeah. But yeah, that was. I just wanted to to shoot that in there before we we move on to uh, the gridiron. Um, fun fact, by the way, about Trey Jackson out of Seton Hall. You know his hometown? Saline, Michigan, right? Detroit. Okay. So well, he's, com- he's coming home. There's some, you know, that's fun, uh, obviously. And fifth-year player. More veteran leadership. You want to freaking Tony Bates. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I, you know, the weird thing is, I haven't heard if he's going to the draft or what he's doing. I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to go to the draft when you put up 35 one night and two of the other. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. That, he's something else. He's something else. We've we seen, in my opinion, the best of him. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll see what he can be. He averaged, he averaged 32 this year. Yeah. 32 a game. So, in my opinion, there's there's room for that. <laughs> that, that, that can come over. So there's there's 29 games that he played. He averaged 32 a game. Chucked up 12 threes a game, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> I think we see him make seven on the you know when we win. But um, let's talk about recruiting in, in football. I think that's gone pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Davis, five star quarterback, four star depending on where you're looking, but. Overall, it looks like he's number three quarterback overall. That's a big get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, let's just hopefully, hopefully this one pans out. I don't, I, I'm playing a little bit of the devil's advocate here. This isn't the first big time quarterback recruit that Jim Harbaugh has had and it not work out. You know, it's, you know, Jane Davis is a, not a consensus five star on all the platforms, but he is a five star on rivals and most of them. I think on three, is really the only one that kind of has him downgraded a little bit for some freaking reason. But anyways, you know, uh, you know, guys like uh, Brandon Peters was a high end four. We've seen that project work out. So we'll just uh, we'll just see what happens. He's starting to recruit, you know, his class already. And, you know, they're top five right now in the nation on all, on, uh, you know, pretty much across the board. So I haven't been this hyped up, though, for a quarterback in a long time. Um, because we had Cade McNamara, I, I, at the, at the time I was, when JJ, you know, was coming here, I was like, okay, cool. We got another quarterback behind Cade. So we've seen what had, that happened, but, uh, but it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I was late to the party and I'm not, I'm not too big or too egotistical to admit that I was late to the party on JJ. I was kind of wanting to let Cade run his course, but. JJ took the job. 
and ran with it. I thought uh, JJ got better, and I'm, I'm sure, spoiler alert, as we're breaking down the top uh, 21 Michigan games in the Jim Harbaugh era, I think you'll hear JJ McCarthy's name a few times. So, yeah, I just think that overall, the more I see JJ progress and play to this five-star level, it just makes me more excited for for the next guy. I'm not going to be pushing JJ out just like I wasn't going to push Kate out. Um, JJ, this is his gig. He's leading the charge. Definitely has Michigan um, humming right now. And I think uh, Jane Davis comes right in and kind of adds to that along with this, what seems like is going to be a nasty recruiting class. They keep adding different players. I'd love to see some top tier wide receiver talent. We haven't quite seen that yet. But you know the running backs are going to want to come. You know the offensive linemen are going to come. You know the tight ends are going to want to come because that's what Michigan's been putting out. Let's get them receivers kind of turn it around. That's the one area I'd like to see just a little uptick in. Yeah. Um, other big names you have in front of you? Well, I mean, offensive line, Andrew Sprague, I think, was on Sunday or Saturday, one this past weekend, whatever. Four yeah. Zero. So that's going to be um, – one of the offensive linemen, uh, you know, coming here, there's still, I think, Brandon Frazier is still, he's supposed to announce this Friday. I can't remember. Maybe he did already. I don't know. I just know that there's guys in the wings on the bubble right now. But uh, in terms of recruiting, that's that's pretty much all I got. There's just uh, just a, a lot a lot more potential with this class. Um, spring game. Uh, I was able to go to that last not this past Saturday, Saturday before April 1st. Uh, it was a day before my birthday. So I almost didn't go. I kept trying to talk myself out of it. And, you know, ultimately um, had my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's about to turn 11 in July. Uh, she kind of opened her mouth. She's like, I kind of want to go. And I'm like, if you want to go, we will go. But just so you know, it's going to be really cold. And um, we bundled up real good. We went to the game, had a good time. Got some new gear, of course. Um yeah, I thought the team overall looked pretty good. Defense definitely was the uh, the bright star of both teams. Um, couple of a uh, couple of keynotes. I thought just both teams were kind of careless with the ball. There was lots of sloppy football being played offensively. Uh, the tight end plays uh, pretty much on both teams. Obviously, you have Colson Loveland that stood out, and then the tight end that came over from Indiana. His name escapes me. AJ Barner. AJ Barner. Uh, both of them had big time catches. Uh, it's weird because they were both playing for, I believe it was the Maze team. And it was just like, it was very apparent the Blue, uh, the blue team did not have a, good, a tight end of no. Those two are going to be, gosh, they have, they have an argument to be better than Eric All and Schoonmaker. I really think, I, I mean, I'm huge on Loveland. I think he might be potentially the best red zone threat. And Barner could be that guy, too. So excited what's to come. Obviously, you didn't see any of Donovan or Blake, and that's to be expected. There's a lot of young guys carrying the ball. And for the most part, I think they they ran the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped for Michigan football this fall. I think this is uh, our scariest team yet. So very excited. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't watch the game live, but I did catch some highlights and looked at some stat lines. Excuse me. Um, freshman Benjamin Hall, whatever, ran for almost 100 yards and a toddy. So, yeah. 
Uh, Leon Franklin, he fumbled, but he scored twice. Peyton O'Leary is already getting the Cooper Cup, <laughs> you know, compared to um, White. He, to be fair, I thought yeah. there were several spots where I'm like, who's this guy? He, yeah. he seemed to always be open. Yeah. But, uh, but A.J. Barner looked good. So Michigan's tight ends. You know, I, you know that's been a strength that they've had some good pass and catching, one, you know, pass catching ones and blocking ones, I guess. Uh, I know Amarian Walker moved from wide receiver to corner. He got beat a few times at DB, so he's pretty raw still at the position. So there's room to grow. Uh, Jack Tuttle, the Indiana quarterback transfer. You know, regardless if he gets to the second string or not, he went out there and, you know, probably didn't light the world on fire statistically, but he looked out. He looked confident. And he looked like you know running the offense and. It looked like he was a part of the team. And then I thought it was kind of funny that how the blue team was getting all the rushing effectiveness or uh, had the rushing effectiveness and the maze team was all the passing. And part of that was uh, Davis Warren was on the maze team and obviously he's got the experience. And so he was out there the, lo- the longest and throwing the ball, like, I think 25 times or something, but um, tossed for 163 yards. But yeah, the, 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 the spring game sometimes – we we see flashes that we've only seen there and we don't ever see them again. Like, the, you know, the Darius Clemens catch last year in the end zone, everyone, you know, Ronnie Bell's getting interviewed on the sideline and then he catches the ball during the interview and it's like, oh, jumping for joy. And then we haven't seen Darius Clemens since then. So uh, hopefully this is just good sign, you know, good things to come. But, but uh, it's just cool to have a little teaser there football-wise. My biggest beef with the freaking Michigan spring game, part of me likes that the last two years it's been my birthday weekend. Like last year was on my birthday, this year was the day before. Um, You know, I went both years. I'm sick and tired of it being so early in April that it's so freaking cold. You know, it's it's almost embarrassing that the big house holds 110,000 people Mm -hmm. and at a hundred dollars a ticket, they sell the puppy out. Yeah. But for a free event, nobody shows up. Why do you think that is? Because it's blistering cold. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wait for two weeks, end of April, if you do it this coming weekend, that place would be packed. I'm telling you, they they don't give any of the any of the snowbirds any time to get back. They don't give these young kids time to finish classes or be home from spring break it's just i don't know the concept of let's put it the first week of april yeah i'm over it i think it's stupid yeah i i never you know i don't know how it was under lloyd carr i remember brady hoke had the spring game rather early maybe i'm misremembering but no i think you're right i think it's just always the first weekend and it's just annoying because a lot of those other schools don't even have it till like the almost the end of april and at least sometimes people are, you know, wearing dressed for a warmer day. And I just, that was part of the reason why I didn't go to the game is, is the weather. I don't want to sit there and freeze my ass off for a scrimmage. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm too good for the spring game, but um, no, I, know, why, why bother? No, no, I get it. No, that, to be honest, that's mostly, that was mostly my feelings, but I also just kind of took it as like a, this is the time I can bond with my daughter. Oh yeah. You know, she wants to go. We don't get a ton of opportunities to go to the big house. So, you know, let's do it. So, uh, is that a wrap? Yeah, for Michigan football, real quick before we dip set uh, on this episode is the Big Ten Commissioner. So, Kevin Warren went to the Chicago Bears. And just a little bit ago, via Pete Tamla on Twitter, 
Tony Petiti. I uh, hopefully I got that name right. He is the former CEO of the MLB Sports Network and the uh, executive of the MLB and CBS. So he is coming over and uh, now the new Big Ten commissioner. So that just, I broke just a little bit about probably about an hour, half, two hours ago before we went live. So, yeah, a little new there. Yeah, interesting. Uh, if you're listening to this, listen to the next pod where we kick off our top 21 Michigan football games under the Jim Harbaugh era. We're excited about this series. Um, there's one thing you're 100% going to get, and that's two passionate people talking about some of the best games they've ever seen in their fandom, and we're going to rank them and uh, have a little fun with it. So uh, if you're listening to it now, go blue, and we'll uh, be back in another pod. Go blue.